whether you're listening and watching in America or listening and watching in one of the other 34 countries that have played Brodo. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, we're talking about America's team this week. I mean, this this day, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the reason we can tell you all about the Dallas Cowboys is because the Fantasy Football by Brodo app gives us every single stat we need to do that, plus content, plus breakdown. You could listen to this. This there's a very meta moment where if you're listening to this on the app as you as I'm talking about the app, very meta. You could be so meta with us. Come be meta with us. Come be really meta with us and mind your meld and meld your mind um, on patreon.com slash fantasy where we have constant contact with the patrons and a ton more for as little as $3 a month. This really keeps the show going. It is the reason why we can still go after all these years. This is our fifth year straight of the um, heat wave. This is our seventh year podcasting. Uh, fantastic time the whole time. It's because of our patrons over at patreon.com. Come support the show and get some extras. Uh, but without any further ado, or with all the ado, ado me. Cowboys. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hot and so hot and hurt. So hot So it's totally just me today, without anyone else. Just kidding. Look at these beautiful, beautiful men that we have here joining me. Of course, my brother, the one, the only lead analyst of Brodo Fantasy at Brodo FF Mike Michael, and Sip. the Dynasty Don, the Fantasy Encyclopedia himself. Um, oh, with the with the flex on him, flexing uh, on these lead tools. writer and DOC at Brodo Fantasy. By the way, much love, much respect. Me, Michael, Jason, Matt, Cass, and I'm bringing my brother Johnny on because we need a sixth. We challenge any other fantasy football podcast to actual football. We challenge anyone. If anyone, any other podcast is listening right now, we challenge you. Let's make it happen. We can put it on film if you want. We are, I promise you, we are the best at football of all the podcasters that you're going to listen to. I'm saying that with confidence, kid. Bro, like the players podcast that has like John Bate or uh Darren Bates and like no, no, no. they're they're all old now. Darren McCluster. Like I think uh no. Yeah. No, no I, former I, pro athletes, of course. No, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just like regular podcaster folk. Okay, there even we go. if you're like six five, we're not scared. Like that dude would still light me up. He's so jacked. Michael's been burning six five dudes since he's twelve. All right, we're not scared of you. Uh, with that being said, um, another guy who's who claims that he's not scared, we're not secondary, buddy, uh, is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and that's Mike McCarthy. Now, the Dallas Cowboys have two options this year. They're on this fence. Are they going to finally get over the hump and be the team that takes it to the next level this year, or are they going to fall back? Because they had the wonderkind. Or as they say in Ted Lasso, the Wonder Kid in uh, Kellen Moore. They let him move on to the San Diego Chargers, and now they've replaced him with a brand new offensive coordinator under Mike McCarthy, who's in his third season as an NFL uh, as the Cowboys head coach. Uh, before that, thirteen seasons as the Green Bay Packers head coach. Let's talk about Brian Schottenheimer. Infamous in the Brodo universe, especially from Michael. Michael had weekly rants 
about Brian Schoenheimer and how he was holding yep. Russell Wilson back in his prime. He's experienced. He's the son of a former head coach. Guys, 22 years of experience in the NFL, multiple stints in the NCAA. Uh, was promoted from coaching analyst to offensive coordinator uh, with the Cowboys, so was with the Cowboys last year. Uh, last serving as the pass game coordinator for the Jaguars. Oof. Uh, in 2021 during the Urban Meyer experiment. Last year, they were fourth in points per game, 24th in passes, uh, 12th in running, which is interesting because Mike McCarthy is all about running more. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, in an interview this offseason, said they need more firepower on offense, and they went and got some. Uh, wide receiver Brandon Cooks was added. Running back Ronald Jones, who, you know, he's Ronald Jones, but he's a veteran in the room. Uh, and also they drafted some reinforcements. Rookie tight end Luke Schoonmaker, who I think is one of the more slept on rookie tight ends this year. And rookie running back, all 5-5 five, five of this rookie running back, Deuce Vaughn. Some major subtractions, Ezekiel Elliott, tight end Dalton Schultz, two major, major, major pieces of this team for the last few years. So a different look, Dallas Cowboys. But it all starts and ends with one guy, that quarterback, Dak Prescott. Right now, Dak Prescott's career is looking mighty Tony Romo-ish, which is uh, a little it, – it's ironic because it's just kind of like the Cowboys handed off one excellent regular season quarterback who can't win in the playoffs to another. And the Cowboys are just hoping that this is the year that Dak can turn it around. And if you're – Drafting Dak in fantasy, you're hoping this is the year that Dak can take that step forward. So do you think that this is the year that Dak takes that step forward? Looked like he was on that path last year, but went and threw with a whole bunch of interceptions instead. Um, how are we feeling about Dak Prescott? Yeah, look, Dak Prescott is easily the most undervalued quarterback in fantasy football at the moment. Underdog, he's going as QB 12, 107 overall. Legitimately pure blasphemy. I don't understand what people are doing. <laughs> Like Prescott has always been a locked and loaded top 10 QB in the league and 2023 should not be any different for fantasy. Um, that is he ended last season 13th in points per game, but let's not forget that he missed weeks two through six due to an injury. And then he started slow upon his return as well, attempting 30 plus passes just one time in his first four games when he, once he returned after that, beginning in week 12, 30 pass attempts was his minimum number of pass attempts. And he averaged just under 20 points per game, which would have been top 10, nearly two more um, than the points per game number shows on the surface. If you just look at it, um, just straight up points per game on the year. He also threw a ton of interceptions, 15, which led the NFL, which is wild. But that was in limited games. And goodness gracious, people, it's, that's not sticky. Like, he's not going to do that again. The most interceptions he threw before this was 13 in a season. Like he's not going to come out and throw 25 interceptions last year. He's he said himself that he's not going to throw 10 interceptions. So th there is a little bit of Jeff Fishery. I'm not going nine and seven uh, a little bit, a little bit in there. We're not going fucking eight and eight. Remember when he said that on, on hard knocks, there's a little bit of that in there where it makes me, if he's thinking about that number, it makes me a little nervous about it. To be honest, I, your quarterback should not be talking about how many interceptions he's throwing. I, I think that's – I don't give a shit about anything you just said. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mike. No. Tell him how you really feel. <laughs> I mean, he was also – he was eighth in true throw value last year, which just is in line with his historical output, and it just shows that he has 
the upside. He, and now Brandon Cooks is on the team as well, which gives him another weapon. And no more Zeke on the roster as well to slow down the game and put them in worse situations offensively than Tony Pollard would be putting them in. Rough. Like to put to draft Dak Prescott at QB 12 right now is an absolute gift. On FFPC, he's QB 10, which makes more sense. Obviously, it's two more uh, spots. Still think that's a great value. Like Dak Prescott's in line to be like my most rostered player right now um, at the QB position because I just do not understand at all why people think out of nowhere Dak Prescott is just some mediocre, not plug and play quarterback. Like, you're not plugging and playing Dak Prescott. You're drafting him, and he's in your QB spot the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Dak Prescott's being criminally underrated right now. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with being the Cowboys quarterback, and it's narratives around the media where, you know, Dak didn't have a great real-life season last year when it came to the touchdowns. and But a lot of that had to do with the fact that the dude, like, messed up his thumb on his throwing hand. And as a former quarterback, not in the NFL, not anywhere near the NFL, but a former quarterback who literally broke his thumb on his throwing hand and tried to get it better and throw the football like too early, it didn't work. Yeah, it's the same injury that Russell Wilson had that he couldn't function with. It's the same injury that Drew Brees had in New Orleans that, like, I mean, essentially was the last year of his career and kind of ended his career on that note because it's like surgery at 40. Fuck it. (laughs) But, yeah, you know. It's a... Hopefully, if he's healthy, he's a steal right now. And I'd be happy to leave every single draft with some Dak Prescott um, personally. But let's get into these wide receiver options that Dak Prescott's going to be throwing to because this is kind of where the the interesting stuff lies. You got CeeDee Lamb uh, presumably going to the outside but really moving all over the formation. We don't really know what Brian Schottenheimer has in store for CeeDee Lamb. We know that Brian Schottenheimer in the past has gotten success out of his uh, wide receivers. We know that from his days in Seattle. Um, We know that from his days with the Jets. So wide receivers have been productive in a Brian Schottenheimer scheme. On the other side, Brandon Cooks. You can't forget forget returning from injury for another year. Michael Gallup. um, Jalen Tolbert, uh, a third-round pick last year, still on the roster. Yeah, I know. Uh, But you got to mention everyone. That's what we do. Um, So, Matt. Why don't you tell them about the wide receivers here and what to expect from them this year? Yeah, I, I was I was in on Jalen Tolbert, that's for sure. But CeeDee Lamb's going to lead um, the team in targets, going to lead the offense in receptions, going to lead the offense in receiving yards. I, I don't think there's any question about that. But I would be lying if I said a Brian Schottenheimer-designed offense doesn't worry me about any and all of the Cowboys' weapons, to be honest. And I'm not trying to beat a dead horse there, but it's true. And I would be remiss if I didn't kind of bring up, up those, you know, negative narratives. And, and CD did start the season off slowly last year in 2022. He averaged just 5.5 catches, 68 yards per game. And the loss of Dak certainly didn't help. But once Dak returned, CD kind of lit it up for the last 11 weeks. So this was through the first seven weeks that he really struggled. And then he averaged 6.7 catches, 86.4 yards per game and seven touchdowns in the final 11 weeks of the season. He was a completely different guy. A completely different guy once and this is once an injured Prescott return like we were just saying like Dak Prescott was still laboring with that thumb and and making poor decisions and and cutting drives short with some of those interceptions and it you know wasn't the same Dak Prescott that we'd even seen to start the season and what's interesting with CeeDee Lamb though and, and Tim kind of led this in is that he he is more of like a big slot he only had 50 
around 50%, just 49.2% of his routes come from the slot, but he runs a lot of routes from the slot overall because he's always has 100% route participation. Like if they're going to pass, CD Lamb is running routes. He's not like a blocking decoy or anything like that. So he operated as the only productive wideout in the Cowboys offense last season, shared snaps with Noah Brown and a hobbled Michael Gallup that was injured late into the season, even after returning. He ran 439 routes from the slot specifically. That ranked six total amongst wideouts, but it wasn't near the top of the league in total route percentage. But his dot was pretty low, obviously having that role, uh, just a smidge over 10 yards, 10.001. In doing so, he finishes the wide receiver seven in points per game, 17.7 PPR points per wide receiver nine in target share, 28.7, but was leading the league in target share for a good portion of the, of the season as well dipped off a little bit and, and lost some of those averages, obviously with the slow start wide receiver seven and target sh- rate um, at 30.1% caught 107 balls, 1,359 yards, nine touchdowns total. He had an A plus true fantasy grade, a true target value that was ranked ninth. So he even outplayed his true target value a little bit with that wide receiver seven points per game finish. And I think he's a lock to finish as a top 12 producer, but I will end it on a little bit of a negative. I don't think CD necessarily bridges that wide receiver overall one gap that like we're expecting from Justin Jefferson. We're expecting from Jamar Chase. We know Tyreek Hill is still capable of. I don't think he quite bridges that gap. And yeah, you have Brandon Cooks in there stealing targets. Yes, you subtract Dalton Schultz, but Cooks into that offense is... Like you're probably, I don't think CD is going to average 30% target share, 28.7% to be exact. Like Brandon Cooks is an elite target share earner in every single year of his career, hovered around 21.01% across nine NFL seasons and a career best of 26.9%, which came in 2021, which was his last like trying season in Texans. And yes, there is a narrative there. He was very vocal about it. He literally didn't come back after the bye week because he was wanted to be traded. And the team was like, that's fine. Take some time off. Like he would not, did not want to play for the Texans last season. And his average, go ahead. Sorry. I will say this about Brandon Cooks. And when you're talking about this, I don't want to cut you off, but going to be 30 during the season. Birthday is the September. 20th? Yeah, I, well, you yeah. cut me off really when I was sorry. Like, sorry <laughs> and, and literally <laughs> at thirty, Brandon Cooks can still very much play at an elite level. Like he averaged double digit fantasy points in every single season of his career, save for twenty nineteen, which was obviously that the concussion season. And he's averaging thirteen point eight points per game over the last three seasons combined, proving that even at thirty, entering the season just at twenty nine now, he can still very much separate and and produce at a, a viable level for your fantasy team. And I think Brandon Cooks is still going to actually benefit from double teams that CeeDee Lamb will inevitably draw from top coverage assignments week in and week out. He's never been the secondary option ever really in his career, but the Cowboys also can maintain a high-powered offense, and we alluded at the top of the episode, like no Zeke. Tony Pollard is more of an explosive in-space pass catching back and outside zone run back. Like this team might even up their pass percentage, even with Schottenheimer, something that you know we're definitely worried about, as I talked about with CeeDee Lamb. Um, but I think Brandon Cooks can produce, and I like him at his ADP, his late round ADP and I still like CD but I don't think he bridges that wide receiver one gap then you're left with Michael Gallup Jalen Tolbert obviously an afterthought as much as I liked him coming out of I'll learn to I'll learn to adjust for small schools eventually (laughs) but I you know you have Michael Gallup and he serves as the odd man out in my opinion 
Um, not really any viable tight end targets like Dalton Schultz was earning, you know, 19.1% target share, but Gallup appeared hobbled all of last season after suffering a devastating knee injury the year prior an entire off season to train. Yes. And recover, but there's just not enough ball. And I think we are expecting a bit of regression in pass attempts, um, overall, in a Brian Schottenheimer offense, I still think that we can see them score a bunch, but I think in overall pass attempts, we might see some regression. And that's going to leave Michael Gallup as the odd man out. I I, I struggle to say Michael Gallup odd man out because like all the things you said just now is like, yeah, he was injured last year. So another year in the system, all those vacated targets by Dalton Schultz. Yes, you're right, Bro. but there's a lot of vacated targets by Dalton Schultz. Dude, you know how I think Dak Prescott is like the clear, most viable quarterback right now? Brandon Cooks' ADP makes absolutely zero sense. Going, yeah, outside, me on that. going outside the top 40 wide receivers. I've got him at 42 with, right now. With Dalton Schultz gone, who is catching those like middle-of-the-field passes, blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. So I really good. do think that Gallup's kind of – and again, like Michael Gallup's career high in targets is 17.8%. Like, it's not like Michael Gallup is going to earn over Brandon Cooks. Like, there's yeah. nothing analytically that tells it. And 30 years old for a wide receiver also isn't dead. Yeah. Like, we're all drafting Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins and still. Keenan right? Allen. Keenan Allen, yeah. Randall, it's certainly not dead. And I think Brandon Cooks is, like, really the Tyler Lockett of the world. Like, why? Brandon Cooks has been in way more productive than Tyler Lockett and gets absolutely no love on way worse teams at that. I think that's way more, way more productive is a bit of a stretch, but. I mean, he, Bro. I don't know if, I don't know if he is the only player to ever get traded for three different first round picks. I would love to, to know the answer to that. Because he was traded for three different first-round picks. He was traded to the Patriots for a first-round pick. He was traded away from the Patriots for a first-round pick. And then he was traded again for a first-round pick. And That's- I do just want to say, like, Brandon Cooks was, like, productive right away. Tyler Lockett didn't break out till year four. Brandon Cooks is a... Uh, oh, I was talking about legacy player. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Yeah, Cooks was going wide receiver, what, like... 28-ish last year on the Texans yeah. and now wide receiver 40-plus on the Cowboys. Doesn't make sense. Speaking of what doesn't make sense right now, it's Tony Pollard's ADP. Um, tell me what I'm missing, ladies and gentlemen, but right now you can get him in the third round, and I'm ready to hang my hat on Tony Pollard already. Late second. Late second, early third. No, he, yeah, it's 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 starting to rise. People are it finally getting smarter, but yeah, you are yeah. talking about like I, where Still, where are we looking? Yeah, yeah. This is a first round pick. Overall. <laughs> this is a first round pick, my guy. Twenty fourth overall. Look, if you want to know why I think he could be a first round pick, and I was talking in the offseason about how he might be in the running for first overall pick. Like that's maybe that's a stretch. Wild. Yo, is it? If you're gonna take a running back, is it guaranteed that he doesn't have a better season than Christian McCaffrey? I don't think it's guaranteed Christian McCaffrey no, has a better season. guaranteed. Exactly. No, I won't even argue that. Especially because McCaffrey has those injury issues. And the right. reason why I think that is because over the last two seasons, he's been absolutely fantastic. And I just want you to know this. If people think that Tony Pollard can't handle the touches, he's one of 23 running backs in the entire NFL to touch the ball over 400 times in the last two years. Of those players, he is the one with the least amount. He had 401 to give you a chance to give you an idea of how 
wide the gap is, Najee has the most touches with 694. So we're talking about a wide gap. Despite that gap, over the last two years, number one in yards per attempt, number two in yards per catch, number three in yards per target, eighth in total receiving yards, 10th in receiving touchdowns, 14th in total yards per scrimmage. This is all as a part-time player, and I cannot stress this enough. He got out-snapped and out-touched by Zeke the last two seasons. Despite that, incredibly, incredibly efficient. 5.2 yards per carry was 10th in the league. 0.64 was his points per opportunity, excluding TV, TDs. That was 7th in the league. His 12 big plays was 5th in the league. In terms of PPR points per game, ninth in the league. Seventh overall in running backs in total PPR points. Did I mention that he was the backup? Did I mention that he was the guy? He was the change of pace back? Despite that, still over 100 yards, 1,000 yards rushing. Everyone thinks he's just a receiving guy. Still over 1,000 yards rushing. I'm getting passionate about Tony Pollard because not only that, let's take a look at the backfield competition. There is none. Malik Davis has some appeal. Deuce Vaughn is 5'5". And look, if you're going to be a 5'5 running back, be on the team with your dad as coach. That, that's going to be the way that you get some looks. But you're still 5'5". And they brought in Ronald Jones, which, you know, who's scared of Ronald Jones? Nothing to be scared at at all. At all. There is a huge possibility, and I am not saying this lightly. I want to look in the camera when I say this. There is a possibility that Tony Pollard is the consensus number one pick at this time next year. And I don't think that is a stretch at all. Now, if you're talking about the backup, because Tony Pollard does ne has never carried a workload like he's going to be expected to be carried this year. So if something happens, I think Ronald Jones is in line to take that backup job. Now, I think Malik Davis is going to be more relevant on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think Ronald Jones is that they brought him in for a reason is because he has experience. And, you know, he's had he's had success in his career. And if you're looking at the two, Ronald Jones is not even a year younger. I mean, older than Malik Davis, despite the fact that this is Malik Davis's second year and it's going to be Ronald Jones's fifth year. Right. So you get that veteran experience without getting that age adjustment. 4.4 yards per carry in his career has had some success. Um, early second-round pick in Ronald Jones versus the sixth-round pick in Malik Davis. So, I, look, now I'm just talking about the backup running back. Never these these guys, these guys are look, These guys are not going to be fantasy relevant as long as Tony Pollard is leading this backfield. So um, it's all about handcuff, and if we have to worry about handcuff, we'll worry about handcuff when it comes. Um, Tony Pollard, for me, I cannot be more clear about how much I love Tony Pollard this season. I would take him in the first round as my best player. Luckily, you get to take him in the second round or third round as your second or third best player. So jump on the opportunity. Yeah, I recently tweeted Tony Pollard should be a late first round pick, not a late second. It's like a like that's why I want an early pick this year. If you could start with Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase and then get Tony Pollard, are you kidding me? Tony Pollard and Brees Hall and Justin Jefferson is probably like my favorite star. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think people are bugging out with Brees Hall a little bit, but okay. Why? Yeah, let's, let's talk about that with the Jets. Let's not talk yeah. about Brees Hall right, right now. Right, right. Yeah. We'll talk about that with the Jets. Uh, is, that, is that it? Are you done talking? 
That's what if we're not going to talk, you done not, talking, bro. We're gonna, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna wait for the Jets, right? All right. Yeah. So we talked about the tight end. I mean, the wide receivers. We talked about the running backs. So the tight ends that leads the tight ends, which I think is an interesting room. I think uh, Luke Schumacher, someone who Schumacher, excuse me, is someone who I am drafting in my dynasty picks, in my yeah. dynasty drafts. Sure. Uh, I think the fact that he was a fourth tight end off the board, real uh, fifth tight end off the board distracts people from the fact that he was a second round pick, which is a, which is high draft capital for a tight end. Um, he's replacing an obvious position that was being used. Dak Prescott has always thrown to his tight end, whether it's Jason Witten, whether it's um, who's that t- really tall dude that had his moment in the sun as Blake Jarwin. The, Blake Jarwin, whether it was Blake Jarwin, whether it was Gavin Escobar, uh, any of these guys have been fantasy relevant in with, with these Cowboys, different offensive coordinators, something to be to mention. Um, and I think Jake Ferguson, who is going to have first look at this, is someone who's like sitting out there in dynasty waiver wires, just sitting there. Just no one wants him. And I think that's crazy. So, I mean, how are you feeling about these tight ends? They, they, they're probably just going to be a, a other, just another tight end, but I, f- I feel like they have the ability to surprise some people this year. Yeah, you're going to let me talk about the tight ends, or are you no. just going to take that over? No, I, I, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Suck it, Michael. Yeah, Dalton Schultz is gone, obviously, which is the big uh, loss on that offense. But like we just mentioned, Brandon Cooks is entering, and he's going to command the target share, and I think a lot of those targets are going to go to Brandon Cooks. And then it's Jake Ferguson and Luke Schoonmaker, who are the top two right now. Peyton Hendershot, even the UDFA. Well, look, Ferguson's a second-year, fourth-round tight end. He's not overly athletic. Luke Schoonmaker is a rookie this season, 6'5", second-round pick, much more athletic. He's also turning 25 in September, though, so he's quite old for a rookie. Yeah, and they also have uh, Peyton Hendershot, Hendershot, who stole work last year from... um, from Jake Ferguson, too many tight ends right now, which is not ideal to be losing work to a UDFA. So, yeah, there's a bunch of question marks in this tight end room, as Tim mentioned. Right now, Ferguson's going off the board at tight end 29, Shoemaker at tight end 38 on underdog, similar on FFPC ADP. And I, I know that Dak Prescott has targeted tight ends in the past, but what, what are you going to do with these guys if you're in a typical redraft league? Like, you're not going to draft Jake Ferguson or Luke Schoonmaker. Maybe if you're in a tight end premium league, take a shot in a deep best ball. But otherwise, yeah, maybe in Dynasty, take a shot on one of these guys. But, I mean, let's be real. No one's drafting Jake Ferguson or Luke Schoonmaker looking to make a difference this year. If they do, it's going to be very hit or miss. Like, you're not going to plug in, like, plug him into your lineup and forget about it. I feel like there's a possibility that that could happen. Like, whoever wins this tight end battle could be a, like the tight end pickup of week four that ends up being a great pickup for you and solidifying your tight end spot. I really think that that's a, <laughs> I really think that that's a, an, an option. All right. Uh, Matt giving us the time, like Matt, we're on, you know, everyone could see you, right? Like, <laughs> uh, but let's get into your dynasty stash since you're, you're so uh, caught up for time here. We, we are apparently wasting time talking about tight ends that aren't gonna make a difference. Yeah, literally not even in my dynasty stash list is why I was uh, even getting about. Well, it. Tim took two and a half minutes to discuss tight ends before passing it to me to discuss the tight ends. Tight ends. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not really interested in these guys. Yeah, no. absolutely. Like stash every single one of them for dynasty purposes because one of these guys is probably going to break out and see 60 targets. 
<laughs> I'm not, you know, it's not a room that you're excited about it. And none of these guys really, especially like with Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker being the highest, you know, drafted tight end of them all and already 25 years old. Like it, it's just not, you're not interested in these guys as rookies, as prospects, really as fantasy relevant players. But one guy I am interested in and interested in over Rojo is Malik Davis. I think Malik Davis is already more talented than Rojo has ever been. <laughs> like, and he provided much needed depth for the injury riddled Cowboys last season. In 2022, he served as a complimentary weapon to Tony Pollard for the two games that Zeke missed. He totaled 38 rush attempts, 161 yards on those 38 attempts for super efficient efficient 4.8 yards per carry six receptions 63 yards one touchdown so you know 10.3 yards per reception and got his only touchdown on a reception and it again we talked about the depth chart a bit but it's tony pollard at the top anything happens to pollard ronald jones a five foot five rookie deuce vaughn who was a nepotism pick in the sixth round um and that's it like they have no remaining core and that's essentially it. I think Davis could be in line for immediate work as a short yardage and goal line back and number two to spell Pollard once, you know, all is said and done. Yeah. Malik Davis and Israel Abanaconda are my two favorite last round. Best picks dude, I love what well, now you're ruining my anyway. <laughs> Israel Abanaconda is a little uh, dynasty stash preview for the NFC East. <laughs> I picked Ronald Jones and Israel uh, Izzy to the hizzy in my last two picks in Scottfish. So interesting. But I have Malik Davis stashed on my dynasty team. So I like Malik. I'm, I'm looking to win regardless. Uh, with that being said, this is the longest uh, episode we've had. Yeah, and you're mad at me for showing you the Yeah, time. close it out before the 30 minute mark. Let's go. Uh, oh, it's going to be hard. At BrotoFF Tim, at BrotoFF Mike, at PsychWordFF, at BrotoFantasy, at FF by Broto, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy, BrotoFantasy.com, at BrotoFantasy, uh, download the BrotoFantasy app, um, uh, YouTube.com slash BrotoFantasy. Uh, yeah, I did it, baby. Whee! Much 